0: As we await the start of Dallas Cowboys trainer, training camp late in the summer, we still know we still don't know a lot about the Cowboys starting lineup. And tonight we'll dive into the whole thing and figure out the questions that we still have about it. So, without any further ado, welcome into the show. Do me a favor and hit the like button for me. Let's get the show started. Here we go. <laughs> What is up, everybody, and welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that Primetime is brought to you by our friends over at Freeman Mazda. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. But before we do any of that though, let me say hi and let me talk to you about tonight's show. Uh, the idea is to go over the starting lineup or projected started, starting lineup and figure out where those surprise starters might end up taking plays in. And you know, we have an idea about certain positions that Might end up changing when the season starts because training camp still needs to be held. Battles are still in need of being had. And a lot of positions will be defined until the pads come on. And you never know what can happen. You never know what can happen in some of these positions. We all have a very good idea about some of them because we all know who are the starting cornerbacks. For example, especially on the outside, we know that. We know who's the starting quarterback. We know about the wide receivers. There are some positions where we still don't know how battles will shake out. And then there are some positions that we think we know, but we might end up being surprised. And that's what I want to get into tonight. Uh, Before we get started, though, here, let me ask you in the chat, which position do you think, is the mm, what's the word here which position are you the most intrigued by in terms of the starting lineup i think that's the way to put that question let me say hi really quickly in the chat while you give me your answers which is the position that you are the most intrigued by the one position that maybe you feel like you don't know who's gonna start at that place let me know in the chat Uh, We know nothing, John Moses, uh, House Nelson, excuse me. What's up, Gregory? Mark, Aaron, I don't know what happened there. Uh, Inez Gomez, Porky, shout out to you, sir, over at Facebook. Catherine, now we've got Bruce as well. Toxic Tom with the first answer of the night. He says, kicker. Man, I do wonder about a kicker. I'm I'm not even taking it into account kicker tonight because it feels like That guy is not on the roster yet, (laughs) but it's a good answer. Lance Bell says kicker as well. Uh, Gregory says wide receiver. Oh, interesting. Interesting is that thing that we already know who's uh, starting three at the wideout. But maybe Gregory's calling for a surprise there. We'll see. D-line for sure. Says Mark Aaron. that's, That's a good one too, especially because it can be moved around very easily. Our kicker could literally be anyone on planet Earth, says Toxic Tom, quoting what special teams coordinator John Fassel said earlier in the offseason. Katharina says, uh, Kicker, Russell goes with linebacker, offensive line is the other. Do we most, says Gregory, about the wide receivers? Yeah, I mean, we could have a surprise, I guess. We could have a surprise uh, if, if you are thinking of, of any surprise in particular, Gregory let us know in the chat because that would be interesting for us to not be fully aware of who ends up starting at wide receiver. So let's get right into it. Right now on the screen, you can see, you can see the starting offense or at least the projected starting offense from myself. Let me know in the chat where do you think I'm wrong, and I will go through it really quickly here. To see if we can all get on the same page here. Uh, let's start with the wideouts. Since we were already talking about it. The way that I see the offense shaking out. And yes I know that the uh, wide receivers will move around a lot. But for now. I think this is where they will play the most. I think that CD Lamb and Brandon Cooks. And don't pay too much attention to the formation itself. I just think that Cooks and Lamb will be on the same side of the field. Most of the time. And have that be the strong side of the offense, not necessarily defined by the tight end or the running back or all of that, just defined by where is your passing strength, I think C.D. Lamp and Brandon Cooks will be together most of the time. Because that way, you avoid having both of them being racketed uh, on each side of the field. It's relatively easy to run doubles, what we know as doubles at least which could be brackets, cover seven, however you want to call it, to each side of the field. But if you've got Cooks and Lamb on the same side, it's pretty difficult to double both of them up. So I think they're going to be on the same side of the field most of the time, with CeeDee Lamb being the guy in the slot and Brandon Cooks doing his thing over on the outside. Then I do have as the X receiver or the isolated receiver, I do have Michael Gallup being the starter, Prescott is obviously the quarterback. Pollard is obviously the running back when healthy. And assuming everybody's healthy here just for for a moment, uh, talking specifically about Terrence Steele, this is how I see the offensive line shaking out. And now in jello are the ones that we really don't know about. And this is the part that more or less concerns me because I agree with some of you that said offensive line in the chat. Not because the Cowboys don't have the players, but because we don't know where those players will line up. Like, I like Tyron Smith, I like Tyler Smith, and I like Terrence Steele. But where will we, we'll each line up? That's what I wonder about. Terrence Steele, in my opinion, is a projected right tackle. He might not be ready to go week one. Tyler Smith and Tyron Smith, in my opinion, are going to be on the left side, respectively, from the inside to the outside. In other words, give me Tyron where he plays the best football, and that would be at left tackle, and give me Tyler Vyadish where he is best at right now, probably, at left guard. And that way, I'm not experimenting with flipping Turin Steele to the opposite side while also kicking him inside. I don't want any part of that experiment. No, thank you. And while Terrence still heals, we already talked about this briefly earlier in the week, but why not throw Matt Willetsko in there at right tackle? You know, the coaches are talking a lot about him, about how he has been impressive this offseason, and they have also talked about continuity. So wouldn't it be smart to keep things as continuous as possible and have Tyron and Tyler be locked in on the left side and just making that switch of one player whenever Steele is ready to return. And that way you're not moving all of these pieces around. You're just keeping Tyron Steele and switching him for for Matt Waletsko. And you would be playing with a backup right tackle, which is a downside to this. But the other scenario would be having Tyler play left tackle, having Tyron play right tackle, having somebody play left guard, and that could be a that could be Josh Ball, that could even be Woletzko too. Dave said that he has gotten some work in at left guard. And then you would be flipping every, you, you would be moving everyone around. You would probably be moving Tyron Smith to the left side again. And then you would be moving Ty- Tyler Smith to the inside in the middle of the season. Or you would be benching Tyron Smith and having Terrence Steele. I mean, it would be a disaster is what I mean if, if you were experimenting with that kind of stuff. Now, uh, maybe your offensive linemen all have position flex and you feel good about it. But I just feel better about the old school approach having some continuity. But still, those are three positions basically that we don't know that are set in stone. Where will 77 line up? Where will 73 line up? And the same for 78. And that's kind of a headache. Positive side of things, as I said, is we know that the players are there. I think that if you look at that starting lineup that is uh, up on the screen right now, you could feel like that's one of the best units in the NFL. Definitely a top 10 offensive line, in my opinion, with this setup. Assuming everybody's healthy, of course. But it's still kind of... A little bit stressful to think about how mixed up it could get really quickly if the Cowboys don't come in with a solidified plan. Tommy Nine One Five says, "Don't ever say Josh Ball again, Mo." <laughs> I'm just saying, like those are those would be the players. Uh, but but for real though, but for real, that is part of the problem of the idea of not having Tyron and Tyler. The Smith brothers, I, I think we should start calling them something here because I hate I hate the Tyrant and Tyler thing so bad. I I I am I'm just mentioning the names and I know that I'm gonna mess mess it up at some point and I'm gonna talk about Tyler by saying Tyron and it's just gonna be stressful. But, anyways, I would have both Smiths on the left side to avoid that big question mark of who is my left guard. I feel good about Willett's score at right tackle. I'm not saying I wouldn't feel good about him at left guard, but I know he's not a left guard right now. I know that he's worked there, but he's like a tackle. That's what the Cowboys thought of him when they drafted him. And it goes to show you when Josh Ball gets into that conversation at left guard that you would be playing a big question mark at that position. Let's see what you guys have to say. Uh, Mo, we need an interview to ask Tyron, Tyler, and Massey how they are related," says Bruce. Well, you know, but even even Massey plays on the other side. I, it's funny that you know both Smiths could be uh, on the left side of this of this offense. And then tight end, and I put his number and name at red because this is one position that I do think is up in the air. Tight end looks maker. Maybe it's maker makes it. Maybe Skunmaker wins the starting job right away. But I do think that is a question that is up in the air right now. Jake Ferguson did have a productive year as a rookie. And I don't think it's even a Ferguson versus Skunmaker battle. It's his Skunmaker versus himself battle. Because he is a second round draft pick. Can we act as if he is a plug and play starter? Heck no. He would have been gone earlier. I like Schoonmaker, do not get me wrong, but that's why his name and his number are in red. My question from me to you is, gut feeling, who starts week one at tight end? Let me know in the chat, what do you think about that? While you do that, and before we move on, on to the defensive side of things, let me talk to you about our friends over at freemanmazda.net. A family-owned business has been so for over 65 years. You can check out all their cars in their car dealership at Irving, Texas, or you can browse through their wide range of new and used vehicles at freemanmazda.net. You can see pictures of every car. You can see the features of each and every one of them as well. And as we do around this time here on ADC Sports Prime Time, It is time for us to dive into the ride of the week. In this case, it is the new 2023 Mazda CX-50 2.5S select all wheel drive. It's got rain sensing wipers. It's got all wheel drive, a blind spot monitor. And ladies and gentlemen, you can check it out over at freemanmazda.net. Let me give you a little bit more information Miles per gallon capacity of 24 when you are in the city. That goes up to 30 when you are on the highway, and it starts at 31 grand, seventy dollars. You can check it out over at freemanmazda.net. So, will Jake Ferguson start? Will it be schoonmaker? or does anybody gonna go with a bold prediction and say somebody else? Let's see. Russell says, I think Ferguson, Ferguson for Lance, Ferguson for Bruce, Ferguson for Gregory, Ferguson for Tom and I won five. Six to Midnight says, Ferguson will start, but we will see a lot of both at the same time. Wow, no love from Scootmaker. Jake from State Farm, week four, week five, maybe different, says Gregory. And that is a thing. Ines also goes with Ferguson. Katharina goes with Ferguson. Jeremy Sprinkles is toxic, Tom. Come on, man. Now, here's the thing. Week one, I think the safe bet is Jake Ferguson. Yep. I think we see more of Schoonmaker, though, throughout the season than we do Ferguson. I think that he ends up winning that starting role at some point. But week one, it's a safe bet to say the guy that has been here before, especially with this being an offensive tight end room that we'll ask a lot from each side ends from a blocking assignment perspective and all of that. I don't think that's going to change. So I'm going to say Ferguson uh, has the upper hand in terms of week one, in terms of the entire season. I'm going to go with Schoonmaker though. Shout out to James Ferguson close enough to our projected week one starting tight end. Who says, today's my birthday. I'm big. 27. Hey, happy birthday to James. Hope that you enjoyed it, man. And I wish you a happy birthday and hope that you have some fun tonight. shot for Reginald. Only if Ferguson screws it up, says Russell. Danny Savage says, Schoonmaker, waste of a pick. Deepest tight end draft in 20 years. I wish I was his cousin, says James Ferguson. James wants a handout. Nah, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Would it be fun? Would it be fun to be a cousin of a Dallas Cowboys player? Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, anyways, moving on, moving on a little bit here to the defense. I think this is where we could see some surprises, man. Now, I hate that you know the Cowboys defense can show you so many different looks. And this is a very basic lineup that I came up with for tonight's show, basically showing what would be a 4-2-5 on the screen right now. But we're going to see a lot of crazy stuff from Dan Quinn this year. And I'm just going to go th- quickly through it. At safety, I'm going to put, obviously, Malik Cooker and Donovan Wilson as your more traditional safeties. Outside cornerbacks, Gil- me Stefan Stephon Gilmore and Trayvon Vicks. I think those four players that we have already gone through are locked in, penciled in. Nothing's going to change that. And then it gets a little bit interesting. Nickelback, I shit it because I have the Bland and Jaron Kears. because obviously Jaron Kears played a lot of nickel snaps last year. He's a safety. He will see a lot of playing time as such. I've mentioned this before, but most of the snaps you will see Hooker, Wilson, and Kiers together on the field. Uh, And Kiers is difficult to kind of like position in this graphic because he will line up in the slot. He will line up inside the box. Sometimes he will replace a linebacker. Sometimes he will replace a cornerback. He's just that versatile. But for now, I just put him in as kind of like a nickel player alongside De'Ron Bland. Uh, Darren Bland's gonna be the starting nickel back and give me Kiri somewhere in there at linebacker, though. At linebacker, I have LVE penciled in. I do think that as long as he's healthy, he's gonna be starting. But this is where it gets interesting. Damon Clark, Damon Clark from one to 10, let me know in the chat how confident are you that he's gonna be the starter? This week, we talked a lot about Jabril Cox because he had a strong minicamp, according to reporters. Uh, People talked about him having back-to-back plays that sent the team into a frenzy of celebration in practice after making back-to-back plays. And Jabril Cox might end up working his way into the defensive rotation. It would be quite the ask to assume or or to ask from Jabril Cox to end up earning the starting role. But I also kind of think, and I want to put this in the table, has Damon Clark played enough? I'm not even talking about having played well enough. I'm talking about has he played enough snaps for us to feel entirely confident that he's not going to lose the job? I think not. And again, it's not about how well he played last year. It's about how much he played last year. Not a lot to figure it out, in my opinion. So I do wonder about it. I, I think he's a starter of the team. I think that that's a Clark. I will just say I won't go with a 10 in terms of confidence of him starting. I'm going to go with a solid 7. I think that Damon Clark is your, is your uh, likely, likely starter. However, we know that LB has been injury-prone at times. Uh, Damon Clark is also maybe, I don't want to say red flag because I don't think that's correct. Uh, But there is a neck issue in there that we wonder about sometimes. So maybe at some point, Jabril Cox ends his way into the starting lineup. But for now, I do think it's going to be Damon Clark. I do think that if we're going to see a surprise somewhere in there on the defensive side of things, it might be at linebacker because of Jabril Cox. I'm not even going to say that the Marvin Overshone is going to end up cracking the starting lineup. I just think that a lot of things could go differently than we expect at linebacker. Let's see what you guys have to say. Danny Savage goes with a 10. 6 to Midnight goes with a 6. No, 10, sorry. Lance goes with a 6. Katharina goes with a 5. Toxic Tom says 10 because there is no one after him and LVE, Russell says, do not count out Armstrong. The thing about Armstrong is that, and and that's something that I wanted to discuss a little bit here, sometimes we'll see three edge rushers. But for the graphic, for the purpose of the graphic, I just could include two. And I would count him out on the sense of he's not going to be above Lawrence, and he's not going to be above Parsons, if that makes sense. But Russell has a significant point in that a lot of the times it will be three-edge rushers. Sometimes it will even be DeMarcus Lawrence and Michael Parsons on the same side with another defensive end on the other side. And sometimes some passing situations, it's going to be a NASCAR front, four defensive events, ears pinned back, ready to go get the quarterback. And that's why kind of like fitting everything into a graphic when it comes to a Dan Quinn defense. It's pretty tough. It's pretty tough, and it's not entirely accurate. Anyways, that's the one position that I had not addressed yet. Defensive line, give me the Marcus Lawrence and Michael Parsons on the edges. And yes, give me Miles Smith as a one technique slash nose tackle. I think that he can earn that role right away. And I do think he can start immediately for the Cowboys, even over Jonathan Hankins. going to be a fun battle. Uh, Patrick Walker put out a very interesting tweet at some point in minicamp in which he pointed out that, hey, Cowboys are going to have packages in which they're going to have Hankins and Massey on the field at the same time. Why does that matter? And I do think that it matters a lot. And I posed this question to Patrick Walker, but uh, maybe it's a little bit difficult to answer that one Unless you have like the end zone tape and that kind of stuff. And you know what the Cowboys are playing in that specific snap. But it it matters because when we talk about the Cowboys defense using more two safety looks. two, Two high safety looks. And Dan Queen maybe changing things up a little bit from his usual cover one, cover three defenses. And moving on into a more of a quarters look to try to take away the deep passing game from, from rivals and having to defend the run as a consequence with a light box because you're having those safeties up high and offenses might spread you out. So you might have a six-man box at times. In those type of situations, you want two bigger defensive tackles and you want them both to play 2 eye, right? And that would be the alignment and that would mean – that you wouldn't have a one technique and a three technique, you would have two tackles lined up on the inside of the guards. Basically. And that way, they can play one gap and a half. So they can defend the run a little bit better because they can react to what's happening. And if there's a cutback or something like that, they're not going one gap fully aggressively, they're They're kind of making sure there's not a cutback from the running back. And you see it a lot on the big Fangel defenses. You see it a lot on the Brandon Staley defenses. And I think that in passing situations, we think a lot about, well, not passing situations, but when the Cowboys want to play with those two safeties up high, but they want to take care of the run as well, uh, we could see a lot of Moss Smith and Jonathan Ankins at the same time on the field. Anyways, though, for the most part, I think it's going to be Masi at nose tackle. And I think it's going to be Osa Odijisua at tree technique. Obviously, uh, he's been very good. I think he's been one of the most underrated players by the fans lately. He is a weapon for the Cowboys. I think that if we're going to see some surprises, it could be here. Because we could see some surprises at linebacker. And heck, we could even see some surprises at cornerback. And with this, I mean... Could we see a world in which Gilmore or Trayvon Diggs travel and maybe one of them becomes the number one guy for a given week? Or we could see Kwamu cracking his way into the rotation here and there. Maybe we could see less of, say, I don't want to say like, yeah, we're going to see less of Jaron Kears, but my point is, are we going to see him in a more specific role uh, I think the Cowboys have so much talent on defense that you want to see some of the players that are in the bench get some playing time, and I wonder what Dan Quinn does to get to that spot. It's gonna be fun. I want to read a comment from Toxic Ton that I kind of missed earlier. He says, "Mo, look at that defensive line. Finally, no more undersized bargain bin Marinelli scrubs. It is a very good defensive line." especially when you consider that behind those guys there's a Darns Armstrong there's a there's a Sam Williams there's a Dante Fowler Shauncey Goldston. like it's a deep group of players as well and there are going to be some tough cuts at that position when the time comes man there are going to be some players that we're not going to feel great about cutting but the Cowboys are going to have to do it Because they have too many. (laughs) They have too many guys. Plus, then there's the UDFA that have some people excited. I think they all have a very difficult path to the 53-man roster. But you never know. You never know, right? Middle linebacker room and O-line room is iffy. This is Danny Savage. Yeah, inside linebacker is a question mark for sure. I do agree with that. It's a tough one. Uh we still wonder if there's going to be a veteran addition later in the offseason. Even Anthony Barr could play well again. And no, you're not getting the same version of Anthony Barr when we wanted to see Anthony Barr at you know, his previous stops, uh, especially well, like the Minnesota Vikings I'm in. But you can still get a serviceable veteran out of him. And I think you know that's enough. We've talked about this at length on primetime. You need those solid players. And who cares if they're not good or very good? That is how NFL teams are built. And that way you have some sort of insurance. Like if one of these young players like Clark or like Cox do not work out, you can always insert insert a veteran linebacker. Oh, man. Some of those YouTube comments are crazy. Lance says Barr needs to hang it up. Haven't had these too many good safeties in a very long time since so Chris. And Chris, the best part of that, man, is that they get to play three of them. Like, they had three top-tier safeties, and they get to play three of them in Hooker, Wilson, and Kears. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, before we get out of here, it is time for our one cool thing of the week. For those of you who are new to the show, this is where we share... Our one cool thing of the week, and it can be anything personal, professional, sports-related, non-sports-related, whatever you want it to be. Let me know in the chat what is your one cool thing of the week. On Sunday, I couldn't wait, so I burned the possibility of me talking about the Chihuahua team that won the championship in the Mexico Professional Football League. The team for which I work with won the championship. Not going to use that as my one cool thing because I already used it on Sunday. But while you give me your one cool things, I'm going to say that I'm very excited. And if there are gamers watching this right now, they're going to understand my hype right now. But my one cool thing of the week is the Starfield Direct. Man, man. Since Sunday, I have not been able to think about pretty much anything else other than that video game. I'm a huge fan of the people who made it. Huge fan of Skyrim, of Fallout, all of those games. And now I cannot fathom waiting until September to play Starfield. And the worst part of it all is that I'm going to be – so busy because that's when the NFL season starts. So we're going to see what happens there. Uh, but if you guys are gamers, you know what my hype is all about. That video game looks just out of this world. They're going to literally put you on space and then you will be able to do whatever you want in over 1,000 planets. I cannot wait. Let's see what you are, what your one cool things are. Mrs. Toxic Tom says, Hey, Mo, my one cool thing. Went on a boat cruise with my company down the Potomac in Washington, D.C. That's awesome. That's awesome. Congratulations to Mrs. Tom. This week is Father's Day. uh, TC915. Catherine has has paid all of my credit cards, all at a zero balance. I am so happy. Man, financial freedom at its best. I hope that you... uh, hope that those finances stay healthy. Chase Elliott wrecking Denny Hamlin. I hope that he does it again. Says Gregory. Lance Bell says, I won $150 with the eagle putt on Sunday. Oh, man, an eagle putt. There you go. Lance got golf skills. Toxic Tom says, I am watching my old school drag the Blue Jays. John says, colonoscopy done today. Clean bill of health. No cancer or polyps. Guys, take this seriously. Shout out to John, keeping everybody safe in there. And that is a wonderful thing. Sixth of Midnight. Oh, man. Now, this is this is one cool thing. I'm having a mini Cowboys fan. He or she will be due around the Thanksgiving game. That's so awesome, Sixth of Midnight. I'm happy for you. And congratulations. Congratulations. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, Do me a favor and hit the thumbs up for me. Keep in mind that we will see each other tomorrow night. So book your 8 p.m. slot in the calendar. I'm just kidding. Uh, But hey, thank you for joining me. Thank you for giving me uh, about 33 minutes of your time tonight. And I will see you again tomorrow night as we continue to get through this offseason here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime every single night. Remember, oh, that's the wrong sound effect. That is it. That's the outgrow music. Remember that Prime Time is brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. And I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. Thanks so much for joining me. Nos vemos en dia mañana. Bye-bye.